So me and Clary just got done fighting. Girl, um, if you could, oh my god! <laughs> I wish we'd recorded it all. Thank God we turned the camera off for that one. It was some nice passive aggressive, tense fighting. I, that would felt just overtly aggressive. There wasn't too much passivity to it. Um, <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I think we handled it in a mature way. We said our feelings. What you said made sense to me. I think I hope what I said made sense to you. It and I think did. we're just it's so funny because last episode we talked about friendship breakups. And after we stopped recording that, or episode six we did. And after we stopped recording that, I was like, oh my God, I really miss an opportunity for a fantastic joke where I'm like, so now when me and Claret have a friend breakup, we'll know well- where the other one is. <laughs> I think it's really I think you should always record your fights. Always you can listen back to them. I think that's good. Did I record fights with my parents when I was younger to show my therapist? Holy shit, did you really? Mm-hmm. On what? I still have a fight with my dad from sophomore year of high school, somewhere on my computer back home. Do you ever just like listen to it at the gym? You're just like on the treadmill. It motivates me. Um <laughs> I'm like, must get larger than father to beat up. Um so, <laughs> Nick no. his house burned down. Let's be nice. <laughs> Claret is actively spitting out her water. (laughs) It is physical comedy. Do it right into the mic, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Let me put if I like fried the hard wire of my mic and spitting into it. Blue Yeti, is this not? Is this not waterproof? <laughs> I do a spit take and it fucking fries my computer. <laughs> and it's over. Um, <laughs> so we just got done fighting and I feel like now we're just in a much healthier place. Um, you should fight before every episode. <laughs> each episode starts and you're just like, Nick, you dumb little bitch. <laughs> and then we're both like, I hi. Wish that's how I fight. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was laughing, though, because when I hit record, I started, like, because we were saying, like, 30, 30, 30 at each 30, other. 30, 30, yeah. That, like, the first second of audio was literally me being, like, 30! <laughs> it was just nuts. It, like, because normally it's, like, silence it until I say, like, hi. Yeah. These Start are to, audio yeah. techie things that you yeah. just wouldn't understand. Adobe audition things. Ah, uh, ha, ha. Um... We should uh-huh. start like a podcast meme page. I thought you were like, going to end up there. We should start a podcast. Only like, me. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just tricking me into recording our dumbass. <laughs> I'm tricking you into doing um, all the editing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So right off the bat, I want to address <clears throat> the story I told last week regarding mm-hmm. the man who threatened me at work. Dear God. By the time you guys are listening to this, I have quit that job and I'm no longer working there. Um, Yes. Are you giving them notice? I am literally slight spoilers for later. I'm waiting on my psychiatrist to like send me the letter still and he's going to do it tonight. And then I'm writing a letter to the general manager and to HR with that letter attached being like, this was, (laughs) this was bananas. (laughs) No, being like, being like, I am mentally ill and I quit (laughs) being like, that was incredibly inappropriate how it was handled and i now face serious anxiety returning to work and i won't be returning actually 
Um, so you're not coming back on Friday? Oh my God, you have the weekend off. Congrats. Thank you. And great news. Yesterday I got hired at a large store. <laughs> I got hired at like I a got department. Hired a- I got <laughs> now I have to bleep that. Um no, I got hired at like a large department store that I have got chocks. That was <laughs> I got I got hired at Crocs, guys. Um <laughs> I got hired is at Foot Locker. Is even in business still? I don't even know what that is. It was, sorry for those local listeners, it was at Valley River. It was at the fucking local ass mall for yeah. like say it. 35 say seconds. Valley River Center. Baby. Valley River Center. So this means Nick no longer works at Chili's. I'm sad. It's a, It's the end of an era. It was like a four episode era. <laughs> this is the shortest you've ever been in a job. Yes. I was at J. Crew a little bit longer. Um, longer than a month? I was there like six weeks. Um, and I was like, J. Crew for six weeks? I was like, I want to go home for Christmas. Bye. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I got hired at the internship, so it all worked out, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm no longer working there. And I will have sent an email saying this was handled incredibly inappropriately. Um, fun behind the also scenes. Also listen to my podcast. Also, <laughs> I plug it. <laughs> Nick Curl, one half of Brain Cell Girls. That's like my email signature. Um, Jesus. <laughs> a little behind the scenes action. So when we recorded, I was like Loki still processing it. And then I had a conference call with my family and they were like, <laughs> and as Clarice said, they took it from 10 to 100 in about 50 minutes. <laughs> It was a lot. It went from it went from me being like, "Ha ha, this guy threatened me at work. Ah ha ha, I'm anxious and want to quit." To I am calling the LAPD and filing a report. Can I ask this in the nicest way possible? And Clary was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, what's up? What did you think the police were going to do? I did not want the police to do anything other than I wanted to create a record that I went to the police and like for when he killed you for I'm going to have to cut this. Oh, have we said hi? Um, hi. Hello. Hi. hi um, um, hey, hi. what's what, up? Uh, this is uh, a uh, two girls, guess, one cosplayer. <laughs> this is probably really <laughs> weird, but this is a podcast and <laughs> I don't know. I guess you're listening to it. I just thought it. maybe I would let you know that yeah. this is two Jeffs, one, one brain cell. <laughs> What's up? Not my friend, sluts, my not friend, bitches. My, not dirty whores. My friend today said that I do good impressions. Like I do good voices on the pod. And I was like, you do. Oh, oh, that's welcome back. Thank you. So I called my parents and I was like, told them what happened. And in summary, these were, oh, and I also, it was a, it was a whole family conference call. It was a curl family conference call. Oh gosh. And so. A place I would never like to oh, be. So, <laughs> Couldn't interest me with a curl family conference call if you told me I'd make a million dollars. We're supposed to have a, cr- we're supposed to have I- a curl family reunion next year. Who? The three of you? The four of you? I forget how many there are. <laughs> My immediate family, there's four. No, like my dad's side of the family. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, um, and the, the phone call can be summed up in pretty much three sentences. My dad said, go to the police. My sister said, go to HR. And my mom said, go to his house and hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Darlin. 
and uh, you my fucking mom was nut. Like, my, <laughs> my mom's crazy. No, my mom was full like, um, she's like, he, he could have killed you. And I'm like, well, anyone can kill me at any time, technically. Um, like, <laughs> thing one and thing two could bust in right now and smother you with a pillow. And I wouldn't blame him. Dan could bust in here and chop my head off with his five foot long cock. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it's like to be four foot five and how to have eight? Oh my God. And have an eight foot long dick. Was that what you were going to say? (laughs) I was going to say, what do you think it's like to be four foot five and have a five Mm -hmm. foot long monster cock? What do you think that's like? And episode nine, we're going to have four foot five. (laughs) And have a five foot long monster cock right in. We'll have DM you us on. at Brain Cell Girls. Well, actually, episode nine, ah. we're going to be asking that very question to Dan himself. Oh <laughs> we have Dan on the pod to interview him about his dick. Um, Did you see my face when I thought you had a special guest without telling me? I was like, I, <laughs> you're like, episode nine, Dan's going to be on. And I was like, we don't fucking talk about this. He's like, Nick, we need to scuttle him. <laughs> If you're wondering what our fights sound like, it's a lot of gritted teeth. <laughs> it's a lot of this. I wish our fights were like that because that would have more comedic value than me being like, so just like for me, like kind of more where I'm coming from. Like first I want to say I fully understand what you said and I agree with it. I just want to share where I'm coming from. It's so boring. It's really gay. <laughs> Put that in your gay barn. It's Okay, back to my gay barn. I feel like the way that I fight is weird because in my head, mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm being so sweet and kind. And then I actually sound fucking frantic. I have learned that I have a tendency to sound frantic when I don't intend mm-hmm. to in any way. <laughs> I'm like, I just think it's like really frustrating that like the way that this is happening, it's like, blah, 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 blah. and in my brain, it sounds like, I find it frustrating. <laughs> That in reality, you're just like, so Nick, I don't know why, like, when I say I want to go to Takaya right now, you think it's okay to just go to the bathroom for 30 seconds. Like, I'm I'm leaving without you. <laughs> in your head, I'm just like, Nick, let's go to Takaya. <laughs> in reality. <laughs> in reality, it's like, please respect my time. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you didn't sound frantic or rude even. You just sounded very, like, tired and stressed, which... I think is the that truth. That is my <laughs> state of being most of the time. Yeah. We didn't talk about the Target oh. parking lot last time because we were running okay, that over will, time. That will that will be definitely be in this because that gives us some good content. <laughs> <clears throat> and that gives I you something feel... to participate in. I, can I finish my man who's trying to kill me story? I'm so sorry. This is going to be a pain in the dick to edit. It's This is how it always is. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it always goes. So pretty much I was, it was like, I was going to file a police report, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, send an email to my general manager and HR. And something I have, I haven't told you was, and this is going to sound dramatic. My family's reasoning for me, like not just being like, fuck this and quitting and like whatever, and kind of like making it a bit more of like a formal issue in a way was, Mm-hmm. Like my parents were like, Nick, if you don't work at Chili's anymore, you're not going to starve. Like this isn't your livelihood, but someone else it might be. And if someone else was in your position, they may not have the luxury of being able to leave and be okay. And you do. So it was That's kind fair. of like, That's smart. it was, it was kind of like, I have like 
a societal responsibility to take this seriously and be and pretty much just say, hey, what happened wasn't okay in the first place. And the way you handled it was arguably even worse. And that's not okay. Yeah. Just so it doesn't happen again to someone who's in like less in a position of like less privilege than I am. So like that's kind of the thought process. And I agree. Go with off. That. Yeah. Um <laughs> go off, Jeff the <laughs> Jeff the social justice warrior. Jeff, my father, not the child. Um, Not the cosplayer. What if your dad was a cosplayer? Could be. Jeff's fursona. (laughs) I fucking hate that term. What would your fursona be? My fursona? A hippo. Okay. They're half in the water, half out. They can be angry if they need to, but for the most time, they're just like Jay chilling with their weight, their cholesterol. Do hippos have cholesterol? Oh my God. Call your mom. Right in. Do hippos have cholesterol? If you're a hippo, write in. (laughs) Girl, speaking of cholesterol, let's talk about the Target parking lot. (laughs) Target parking lot. Okay, so... I think this story being told from either side is hysterical. Who wants to go first, Nick? I'll go first. Can I just give some background before you? Nick's high cholesterol is high, period. (laughs) So a year ago, I... Okay, so I graduated from college in Orange County, move up to LA. When I get here, I'm like, all right, I need to find a doctor. Chapman, yay. Chapman University, go Panthers. Anyway, so I move up to LA. I move up to LA and I'm like, I need to find a doctor. So I decide to go to UCLA for my healthcare. Um, Side note, they're great. And I find my doctor and... I just go and have like an annual physical with him last September and he does like blood work on me, just normal stuff. Blood work comes back and my cholesterol is pretty high. It's like in the 300s, which is not good. Like it shouldn't be above 150. And (laughs) holy fuck balls. Yeah, it shouldn't be above 150. And it was like in the 300s for whatever goddamn reason. I didn't take it that seriously at that point. LMAO. Um, COVID happens, quarantine happens. I don't exercise for like four months, which is kind of the biggest thing to lower your cholesterol is exercise. Um, And I also, so I'm not exercising and I'm not eating well during quarantine in Portland. And I come back down to LA in June. And I forget that you lived in Portland during quarantine. For like four months. Isn't that in bananas? You slept on a couch for four fucking months. It's a really comfortable couch. I have trouble believing that. Well, uh, we put down like a mattress topper. It was fine. Anyways, so I come back in June and I go to the doctor and I get blood work done. And my cholesterol was so high that the lab wasn't able to give it an accurate number. Because it was so high. What the fuck? It was like beyond the point of like a normal measurement. And I was like, ah ha ha, I'm about to die. And so you didn't have what you didn't get an actual number. They were just like they said four oh six, but it was probably higher. Um, and once again, not supposed to be above one fifty. So the doctor leaves me a voicemail and he's like, "Hi, um, you're about to die." And I was like, oh, ha, ha, "Oh no!" And my doctor calls me and is like, "If I ever see you in the fucking streets, I'm gonna fuck you." <laughs> Your cholesterol no. said that to you. Yeah, my cholesterol said that. My cholesterol Do you did think that to me. Perhaps Ray was just a physical your manifestation of my cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Physically mm-hmm. manifested. Yes. Um, that's how it felt. Should've I given was like, him a hug. I was like, this is this is payback for my cholesterol. Anyways. Maybe you had to beat him up to like defeat him, and then your cholesterol would have gone down. 
In the Clarice Cinematic Universe, that's exactly what would have happened. <laughs> so, yeah, so he calls me and he's like, this is really not good. And I was like, that's concerning. What should I do? And he's like, you need to immediately change your diet and start exercising. And I was like, okay. So then I went slightly vegan, like five day a week vegan with the help of Claret, like in hey. terms of helping me say like, this is what you should get and like what you should make. Everybody and- go buy Violife cheese right now. Turn just- this podcast off. Go buy some good <sighs> vegan cheese quick vegan corner prior to this if so my sister's vegetarian and one time she and i were eating together with a new person and my sister mentioned that she's vegetarian and the person turned to me and was like oh are you vegetarian too and my sister laughed and said no he's not like that's how not vegetarian i was and how much meat i ate and just like animal products in general um that's gross and (laughs) that's like your opinion but I was the type of person who, one of the last people you would expect to ever go vegetarian, let alone vegan. And I just want to say, it is so much easier than I expected. Fuck yeah. Say that shit louder for all the dumbasses in the back. It was hard for a, like a week, mainly just figuring out like, okay, if I want to substitute this, like what's a good substitute? That was hard. But otherwise, not that hard. And it also, I genuinely felt physically better. And now when I don't eat vegan, I notice it. Like, I feel like crap. And it's also nice for me because, like, I very much care about the environment. And I try to be as zero waste as possible. And being vegan is, like, one of the best things you can independent, as an individual, do for the environment. So it was nice to also eat and, like, align it with my values. And you also don't need to go full vegan. Just eat more plant-based. Just incorporate more vegan options in your diet. That's all I'm saying. A voice for the people. Look at you. Truly a voice for the people. So Um, back to Nick's cholesterol. And I had a checkup three or four months after the June appointment. My doctor was like, we're going to test this again. And I was like, amazing. So I had it scheduled for September 14th. It was the day before your birthday. I don't know why the fuck you agreed to that shit. Because I was like, well, nothing's going to happen on my birthday. So whatever. And then this bitch. (laughs) So then I decided it'd be fun to surprise Nicole for his birthday. Hello. Hey. Um, you surprising me and the surprise party is the best gift I have ever gotten aww, from anyone. And I'm not aww. saying that to be corny. It was like, I can't believe someone did that for me. Aww. It was so I'm sweet. so glad it like worked out the way it did. Yeah. I'm glad my flight was early enough that you weren't awake to realize that I was missing. <laughs> I'm like, Ryan, where's chloride? <laughs> okay, but so it was a good weekend. Incredible. We celebrated the birth of Nick. Wonderful. So then that Monday, I had to catch a flight. I believe Mm -hmm. my flight left at 4.15. It boarded at 3.15. So I wanted to get there by Mm -hmm. like... 2.30. 2.30. Because like COVID airports, it's like LAX is pretty dead right now. I can like run to my gate, which spoiler alert, I fucking did. It's also really... You should be at the airport like no later than 30 minutes before your boarding time. Yes. Like also I'm a fucking nut about being on time and early for Mm -hmm. things. And I think that is worth mentioning here. So it's also worth mentioning. I have serious issues with time management. We know. I don't think the (laughs) listeners, well, you know, everyone who's listening pretty much knows me. So they know, they know. So somehow (laughs) we like could, we needed to like, Oh my God. There was some like weird late checkout, something that happened at our hotel. We're like, we, Oh, we had to stay there until one because Megan couldn't take a lunch until one. So she had to do that. 
And then, well, her, her she worked until one because she, she was part time. Yeah, yeah. So she had. Yeah. To, oh no, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah. So she had between like one and three, three I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somehow it got decided that Nick was going to drive me to the airport, even though he had a doctor's appointment at two fifteen. Which, in retrospect, what the fuck? What? That's, like, why did we think that was a good idea? I I'm not going to say I am innocent in the story because there were many things I did wrong. However, I was asked to drive you to the airport two days before. And like, I didn't even know you were going to be there. And I was like, I do have a prior medical commitment. <laughs> well, so, then after the hotel, you were like, you were like, I want a mommy burger. And so we had to go to the Grove. <laughs> I was starving. I was yeah. fucking starving. So we're like, let's yeah. go to the Grove. Yeah. And that you was like, like that. <laughs> Nick, don't lie about what you said. Let's go to the Grove. Nick Curl 2020. <laughs> That's how I talk. Can't you hear it? Uh, when the mic's when the mic's off, I'm like, ah, it's out of the grove. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up at the grove, and of course, it like took way too long. And then we're like, fuck, we need to go now because now Nick's gonna be late to the dog. Well, we got to the grove, and Umami Burger wasn't open. No, so we had to like forage they let for us other walk food. In. Oh my god, it was ridiculous. It was weird. Whatever. Whatever. We like foraged for food and then we're like, shit, we have to get out of here. I was like, I need to leave at this moment to get to my doctor's appointment on time. You're like, I need to leave at this moment to get to my doctor's appointment late. Yes. Literally. Okay. So we're, we're trying to leave the parking lot. Everything that could go wrong did. My sweet baby. This is right when everything started to go wrong. Nick, my darling, loses the like validation ticket. The validation, like little ticket. The way the Grove works, for those of you who don't know, if you live in LA, you've probably been to the Grove, but when you get to the parking lot, you, or this is for farmer's market specifically, when you get to the farmer's market at the Grove, you hit the button to get your little parking ticket, and then you go to the farmer's market, you get whatever food you want, and you ask them, and you're like, oh, hey, can I get validated? And then they hand you a second ticket. So then when you exit, you put in the ticket that you got when you first arrived, and then you put the validation ticket in. So you have to put two tickets in. I lost the first one. The most important one, arguably. Uh, yes. And this bitch at the ticket booth is like, don't have a ticket. And we were like, but we ate, we have a receipt. And she was like, I don't give a shit. That'll be 24 also, fucking dollars, you pieces of shit. And then she and, spit on us. It was really rude. And we're all broke. And by all of us, I mean me and Claray. Megan's smart with her money. I just, I'm like, how do you think we got in? Of course I got a ticket when I came in. It's a, a it's, a fu- it's a fucked up system. As her job is to, to say no. The fucking parking garage attendants at when I worked at the restaurant that I used to work at. Mm. I would lose those tickets frequently. Also, quick sidebar. Okay, when I worked at this restaurant we had to park in this parking garage and a couple times i like had zero dollars and i was like i don't have anywhere else to park so i'd park in the booth and then i would get up to the fucking window to pay at the end and i'd be like i don't have my wallet because one time the first time that happened i literally did i like forgot my wallet yeah and the woman who worked there was an angel sent by jesus himself and she was like baby it's okay i'm gonna write you an iou pay it at your convenience. And then she kissed me on the forehead and sent me on my way. So then I tried that shit again with the new guy and he was a cunt. Fuck yeah. that dude. I, let, let, I, I get up him. there and I like, I did have my wallet. I was lying cause I was poor. And I was like, I don't have my wallet. And he was like, I don't give a shit. Do you don't have any other money? And I was like, no. And he was like, fine, here's an IOU, you cocksucker, and sent me on my way. And then that happened a couple more times, and that man hated me. Yes, (laughs) he worked there 
for the last year of my employment at this place. Nope. We saw each other every day. He fucking hated me and I hated him too. One time, my favorite time of all. Because there's a cash only lane where you like have to go up to him yeah. yourself. If you're paying card, you don't have to actually interact with him. Yeah. So I get into my cash only lane and I have only one crisp hundred dollar bill to my name. <laughs> Physical cash. Why? Yeah. I don't know. And I'm That's like, hilarious. hello, I'd like to pay my five dollar parking validation with this hundred dollar bill. And he was like, Did work reimburse oh, you for that? Why did no! I ask? Why did fuck I even no. ask? Why did Why I even ask? Why the fuck would you ask that? Why did I ask? But I roll up and I give him this hundred dollar bill and I was like, he and he was like, so oh my god. He literally tells me. So I ha- I can make change for this, but I don't want to because I need cash for the end of the night. And I was like, Ezra, honey, what? What are you fucking talking about? And I was like, okay. And then he was like, do you not have any other like form of payment? And I was like, no. because no. I would and have given you that. I know. And I was like, God. no, no, I fucking don't. And he was like, okay. And wrote me an IOU. Oh, also one time I had two IOUs out at once. And I was like, oh, no, I had one. And then I was like, I don't have money. And he was like, yeah. okay, fine. I'm writing you an IOU, but this is your last one. And I was like, why would you threaten me like that? Ezra, baby. You're and like, said, Ezra and I are best friends. Um, <laughs> and he's here today, ladies. Ezra. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, Clary sucks. Quick, quick little commentary. Companies that own parking garages, parking spaces, absolute sent by the devil. Private companies mm-hmm. that own parking garages and shit. If it's owned by the mall, that's different. If it's owned like by the establishment, that's very different. But like Diamond Parking or whatever the fuck that's all over Eugene is such a goddamn like parasite on the earth. Unless you want to sponsor us, Diamond Parking, you can catch these fucking hands. Yes? We should, what's the word if to make some, like, socialize something? <laughs> make it, like, public? We should make all private parking public. If hey, it's not, fucking like, men. If it's not directly owned by the establishment. I agree. Sense. Let's do yeah, it. That's my first order of business. Yeah, as Vanguard? If I ran for president, <laughs> that's what my, What? <laughs> As Vanguard, I'm declaring all private parking spots. <laughs> what the fuck made you Vanguard? Is it because you do all the editing? No, no. It's just, it's, I don't, I hate, um, prefect. I'll be prefect. You'll be prefect. <laughs> well, last episode you were really mad at me for insinuating that. I got to change it up. Okay, but anyway, back to the Target parking lot. Jesus Christ. So the lady at the ticket booth is like 24 cold hard dollars and nick said i don't have any money and she said i literally do not care back up i was you like, live in this parking lot now i was and like, yeah, I'm like was what are you like, gonna do to me all <laughs> right well, what is she gonna do is she gonna kill us <laughs> please she's, she's like well if you can't pay i have to execute you <laughs> she's like you signed the contract i'm like no i didn't <laughs> that's what ezra she said t- he was like if you don't pay this second iou i will shoot you <laughs> Diamond parking lot kills people. (laughs) Yeah. Girl, if they killed people, I would have been dead long ago when I got that fucking boot on my car. We all would have. Everyone has a bad story with diamond parking in Eugene. God damn it. I have a bad story with every parking lot. Ever. Parking meter, parking meter made, parking garage, um, parking permit. I have a bone to pick with the market of choice parking lot. Oh my God. Who designed that shit? We want you on the podcast. I want to talk. Yeah. We want you on the podcast. We won't be recording. We will just kill you. 
it's all a trick okay so um, we we finally megan covers us we love you yeah because she's a queen the woman was yeah. holding a gun to nick's head and megan was like here i was like here's my chase visa <laughs> <laughs> the number is four eight one my god what if that was the number <laughs> let's like spill megan's social anyway so we leave and then at some point, oh, okay. Okay. So Megan's yeah. on her lunch and Nick mm-hmm. has assumed that Megan is going to come to the doctor with us. And she's like, no, I need to go home. So <laughs> Nick And I'm like, I over. cannot turn left. I, I'm like, you are exiting the vehicle at this moment. <laughs> so Nick pulls over and kicks Megan out of the car. <laughs> I kick, I roundhouse kick street. her in the face. I kick her to the curb and I'm like, thank you for the hotel. Thank you for a magnificent weekend. This is how I repay you. <laughs> as soon as this podcast blows up, we're buying Megan a fucking I'm buying horse. her whatever she wants from Anthropology Horse. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to buy her an Anthropology Horse. <laughs> They make the best breeds. They have a new Equus line. Um. God. <laughs> if you're looking for a good time, go to Anthropology and ask to see their horses. Go to anthropology.com backslash horses. <laughs> what if it took you to our website? Anyway, we kick Megan out of the car. She hops on a horse and gallops home. Oops, I'm so sorry. And then Nick and I Megan are speeding turns off in, to the doctor. Megan turns into a centaur. That's my thing, Nick. I know. I'm sorry. No one else can be a centaur. <laughs> now we're fighting. She, okay, so Megan leaves. We speed off to Nick's doctor that is at a mall, which I, which from also the perspective, what? Of the girl who took a covered wagon to regionals. What the fuck doctor is in the mall? That is such a weird concept to me. And they seem to be all over Los Angeles. So yeah, UCLA has several offices in malls, which when I really think about it, it does make sense. Like it's probably much cheaper, but it's weird. It's like, oh, going to Gateway Mall. <laughs> Peace health. Like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like going to. Oh, no, no, no. What? I'm like. Going to get my colonoscopy at Claire's. Like, what? <laughs> I did. Uh, my circumcision was at Claire's, actually. In the back or in, like, the front where they did the ear piercings? It was with the ear piercing equipment. Cool. I didn't know they did that. 12-year-old girl behind me just like, can I get that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, though, Nick? We were driving to your doctor and we went to yep the, the wrong, wrong place. It wasn't even a mall. I don't. I do not know where that where it took us. It wasn't a mall, though. It was like. <sighs> not it was like 10 minutes away from where we were supposed to be it was hell on earth so then we ended up being late to get to the mall i'm like lightly freaking out we get to nick's appointment i was for the the record i was also freaking out i just don't want to like freak out in front of you and add to that because i feel like i appreciate that yeah so here's where our stories (laughs) diverge i'm about to laugh really hard and i'm just sorry because i know this was really shitty (laughs) no dude i mean i was I'm recovered. I recovered okay. quickly. Do you want to turn a lamp on? You're really dark. I like to be a woman of the dark. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Yay. So, okay. This is where our stories now separate. So yeah. we roll up the to the correct diverges. mall. And we mm-hmm. park 
For our also listeners, this noting. is like a choose choose your own adventure. Fast forward Literally. five minutes if you want to get to You that. don't want to be on the Claret side of the adventure, I promise you. Okay, so also we're driving Thing One's car for whatever reason. <laughs> Nick's car is broken, doesn't have Because my car battery. was broken. Oh, dear God. So we park, and I'm like, I'm going to go just walk around this Target because I will get less stressed out. Nick's appointment yeah. isn't going to take very long. This will be fine. So I'm walking around Target. Oh, and also Nick oh, and I, I had you, agreed. You went, did you go inside? Yes. This is oh, where the this is where the problem arose. Baby. You're like Nick. Remember when I said these this path diverges? <laughs> this is where the path diverges because I went inside. Okay, cool. That's the problem. Okay, I think there were other issues. <laughs> this is the problem because of the car. I am inside. I have all oh, oh, all my shit is in Nick's car. Nick's roommate's yeah. car You're, that we have driven to Target. Your suitcase, yeah. And it was pre-agreed upon that if his appointment was taking too long, Nick was going to call me an Uber that was going to take me to LAX because I had yeah. no money. Oh, oh, oh. So I'm in Target, and then Nick texts me and is like, your Uber driver, Jose, is on his way. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit, got to get out of this Target. And I was like, Nick, my shit is in the car. Oh, I'm going to laugh. Nick is in the doctor's office. Nick has the keys. And I'm like, how the a, fuck am I get myself out of the car? So I have a latex mm. finger up my ass. I don't. Did you really? No, no. Oh, thank God. To my understanding, Nick has to call his roommate and have the roommate unlock the car from, from space? their apartment <laughs> from yeah. miles like away. He has like an app that unlocks it from space. What the fuck? And I'm like, okay, I have to get myself out of the car. I'm going to get in this Uber and all is going to be well. Also, my phone is at 5%, worth noting. So I walk out of this Target. I start heading towards where the car was parked in this parking lot. And I quickly realize that the car is not there. And I am panicking. I mean, it's a pretty average little like white Hyundai, but yeah. it was new. So I knew that because it doesn't have license plates. It just has the like sticker in the back window. Yeah. There was not a single white Hyundai with a no license plate sticker thing in that parking lot. When I tell you the panic that washed over me, it was my worst fucking nightmare. I was pacing. I was looking into people's cars. I was like, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? <laughs> you try to get into one that had like a fucking like stroller. Yes. I tried to get into one and I realized there was a child's like seat booster in the back. And I was like, oh, okay, this isn't it. Panicking. <laughs> That's Dan's booster seat. And then I've like paced around this target, like, oh yeah, for his cock. I've paced around this fucking target like seven times. And then, then it hits me that I have died. We mm -hmm. got in a car crash. Yeah. I died in my sleep. I don't know, but I have died and yes. I am in purgatory. This is it. This yes. is in between. And or perhaps I'm in hell. <laughs> purgatory is the Culver City Westfield. It really is. <laughs> I am sitting outside of this target hysterically sobbing like truly like <laughs> like that kind spoiler of sobbing. alert i saw her sobbing when i finally got her and it was the type of sobbing where i was like okay so me and claire are no longer friends like this is a this is a friendship and like megan's probably gonna take her side like this is a friendship ruining <laughs> situation holy shit and because like it was the type of crying where i was like Someone just died. It was it was a lot. And I don't blame you, but it was a lot. Well, I was like, I'm gonna miss my flight. I'm not gonna get home. I just mm -hmm. want I like I was literally. Well like what time was it? It was like 320. Oh yeah. At this your point, flight, 
Your flight had been boarding for five minutes. I I don't even recall what time it was because I'm still so traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I was like watching the time and I was like, I'm going to miss this flight. I have to stay here another Mm -hmm. night. I just want to be in my own. And I was like, I'm going to just sleep at this Target. Like I'm homeless. I live in Target now. (laughs) Nick won't let me in. (laughs) I'm homeless. Well, I thought you weren't coming back. Okay, the fact that the car because you're had like Nick vanished. <laughs> the car had vanished. I was like, "This is all some sick fucking joke." Because I texted you and I was like, "The car's unlocked. Get in Jose's Uber." And I and was you like, were, what? "And you were like, Nick, where's the car?" And I was like, "Oh my god, Claire, it's like right there." And you're just like, "Nick, the car is not here." <laughs> and I was like, "Claire." <laughs> but like, genuinely, oh what would you god. do in that situation? I was like. This is it. So I was sitting there hysterically crying. So many kind souls came up to me and checked on me. Every Target employee. The, something I've thought about recently is those people, it probably kind of stuck with them. And they probably, like, I wonder yeah. if they wonder about me. If they're like, oh, I wonder whatever mm-hmm. happened to the hysterical, dirty, <laughs> greasy girl outside of Target. Is she okay? You know, when this blows up, they'll be like, oh, it was her. <laughs> Oh, I wish. That'd be so if, crazy. Hey, if you were there, write in. <laughs> Netherlands listener is like, hey, I was there. Okay, but then yeah. all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Nicholas. Fast also, and furious. On the way there, I was trying not to stress you out. I mean, I was stressed out, but I was trying to not like make it so much worse because I knew you were literally getting your cholesterol tested. And I was like, I don't want to like make them Spike be like, it. okay, so your cholesterol is even more off the charts and your blood pressure is insane. You know, I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a little stressed out. Like it'll be okay though. <laughs> you didn't need and to say more. I knew how stressed you were up, and at that <laughs> in a moment, different car. Like, <laughs> what if I was in like a semi truck <laughs> girl pussy wagon? No, no time it to explain. The, it was the white Hyundai that had gone missing yep. from the parking lot. I found it. In that moment, I was like, okay, I'm not dead. I'm not dead, mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Nick was Do like... Do you want me to tell my story now? Yeah, please tell your okay. story. Because at that moment, I knew it was all going to be okay. So before we even parked, I was like, okay, I'm going to call an Uber for Clare. Like, that was kind of my mental plan. I was like, maybe it will be a really fast doctor's visit. Probably not. I was like, I'm going to call an Uber for Clare. We park at the mall outside Target. I go in. And, and well, no, first I go in. I go down the escalator to the Target. And I see that the mall is entirely shut down except for the Target. It is sectioned off with metal barriers. I go up to a security guard and I say, hi, sir. I have an appointment at UCLA, UCLA Health. Can I please get through to go to the appointment? And he's like, no, sorry, I can't let you through. You have to go back into the car, leave this parking lot, go down to the JCPenney parking lot, go up one floor, and then go through that door. And I was like, can you write this down? Because these are, (laughs) bless you, because these are too many instructions for my frazzled little brain at the moment. And he repeats it like three times, and I'm like, okay. So then I rush back up. I guess I miss you on the way up. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't understand how that happened. At this point, I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss my doctor's appointment. And in hindsight, not a huge deal if I had. Uh But I was really anxious about my cholesterol because I've been working so hard to lower it. Um, Yeah. So I get in the Hyundai. 
I whip it around, get into the JCPenney parking lot, go up to the second floor. Moves parking lots. He changes fucking parking lots. Mm -hmm, As I just said. And I park, I go, I run inside. I run past the security guard who was like, sir, where are you going? And I'm like, UCLA. (laughs) I run into the office at the 10 minute mark, which is when they said like, you have a 10 minute grace period, which side note, doctors are always 25 minutes late late why can't i they are giving out grace periods why can't i be 20 minutes late like the doctor's always going to be late anyways so i show up and they're just like haha we were taking bets on whether or not you'd show up and i was sweating i was on the verge of crying because i was like my friend is right there and i needed to get her to the fucking airport anyways so i go inside i'm in the waiting room i call the uber for claret um and then claret is like oh i need the stuff out of your car and i'm like oh shit okay so i cancel the uber and then i'm like dan can you unlock your car from space and he's like on it (laughs) so then i'm like claret the car is unlocked get your suitcase the fact that i had literally just moved parking lots left my brain that information was nowhere to be found Mm -hmm. i had no idea that i had moved parking lots so i was like oh fuck oh fuck and then i'm waiting in the i'm in the the room also yeah at this point when you were like the car is unlocked and i was searching for it my brain said okay the car was unlocked someone hopped in there and hot wired the car and stole it that's hot wiring hey (laughs) um So I'm waiting for the doctor in the room. I'm wearing my gay little gown and. (laughs) And spit take. And Claray's texting me like, Nick, my flight leaves in 20 minutes or no, my flight boards in 15 minutes. Like you're like giving me a play by play. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Um, (laughs) So how can I make this worse for him? So you're like, I can't find the car. Like, you're like, Nick, the car has vanished. And then it hits me. Oh, that's because it's not there. And I'm like, I can't tell Claray that at this moment because this will break her. So I instead call my friend Ryan. If you're listening to this, hello, Ryan. I call my friend oh, Ryan God. and I'm like, Ryan, can you do me a huge favor? And he's like, what's up? Because he and I were going to play tennis after I dropped you off at LAX. And I was like, I need you to get in your car and come to my location <laughs> And pick up Claret and then go to the JCPenney parking lot in the second floor, get the suitcase out of the Hyundai Ionic (laughs) and speed to LAX and then come back (laughs) and then come back to the Westfield. And he was like, Nick, you got it. I am on it. Putting my shoes on this moment. What a great friend. 10 out of 10. Love him. 10 out of 10 friend. What a kind person. And so, uh, yeah, so then my doctor's taking forever. And then my doctor is, I really like my doctor. He's a funny little man. And he, he, tries, is he also wearing a gay little gown. He has a little rainbow, like, uh, where his like name tag slash like lanyard thing is, you know, the, the you know, like the name cards that like unlock doors, but they also like have the wire that like retracts. I love those things. I would like one so just for much. my own life. Oh my God. When we're famous, can we have them for our office? Yeah, I thought we were going to record at your lovely little L.A. apartment. but yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. We can yeah. secure those details once we've blown up, Nick. I'm not huge on, like, an office space. I'm more like I'm a living either. room I'm couch more like, oh, beanie bag. What if know? we did, like, okay, what if, what if, and hear me out on this. I had, like, 
a detached garage type of situation that oh, we like fin like yes. we finish and make it yes. into like a so we have like the door open in the summer yeah. and stuff. Oh, oh that got get me us hard. famous. I want this life. That got me hard and wet. Oh my god, I have to pee so bad. Can we put a tiny pin in the story? Thank yeah, you. go pee, go pee. I'm like, yeah, Ryan, isn't Nick the fucking worst? <laughs> okay, so we're back. Um, I just want everyone to know that when I sneezed, I did in fact pee myself. <laughs> It'd be like that. Let's count how many babies I've had. Zero. Why do I live this life? I don't know, man. Okay. <clears throat> Hold on. I'm posting on our story real quick. So Ryan's on his way to pick Claret up. Fast and Furious style. Oh, and then your gay little doctor. My gay, he's not, he's not gay, but he's gay friendly, which is why I picked him. And Good. he, yeah. He, well, I'm he's sorry, homophobic. quick question. Are there some doctors that are like, I am a homophobic doctor. Come to me for. Well, you, like at fucking, when we were volunteers at Planned Parenthood, like we had to like educate healthcare professionals on how to like talk to their gay little patients. Like. Oh yeah, that's true. That did That happen. was insane. We're just like, we're like, hey, don't assume your patients are straight. And they're like, why would I do that? And it's like. <laughs> we're like, don't tell them their choice to be gay was dumb. And they're like, oh, okay, that's smart. And they're just like, so what if I did? And we're like, uh-huh. okay. So, <laughs> sorry. So. So perhaps don't. Yeah. So my doctor, he doesn't, he's not like, he likes to make a personal connection is what I'm trying to say. Like he likes to like know what's going on in my life, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, He likes Sir, to massage your calves sometimes. <laughs> I was like, sir, we need to get this going. Just get the blood out of me and measure it. And I need to leave. And he was like, do you want to get a flu shot? Maybe, please get a flu shot. And I'm like, I need to leave. So he finally leaves. And then I'm waiting for the flu shot to come. And I'm like, I, I'm leaving. So I go, I exit the room and I tell the nurse and I'm like, next time, sweetie. <laughs> I run out to the car. I whip it <laughs> dangerously. <laughs> spitting donuts in the Westfield parking lot and <laughs> run up spitting donuts <laughs> spitting donuts at Claret <laughs> he's and whipping go, a nene and all the way to me Silento. I go up I cannot say how anxious I am that you were gonna miss your flight obviously it doesn't compare to your anxiety but I just want to <laughs> I want to say like I wasn't like oh whatever like I was I was like oh fuck she's gonna miss her flight I appreciate um, it thank you but I saw how long it was gonna take to LAX I was like LAX is nine minutes away. You are going to get on the plane. I was like, I was fully confident when I saw the ETA that you were going to get on the flight. So then I pull up to the Target parking lot and I see, and I see the love of my life, Clarice Smith. Don't use my last name on this podcast. (laughs) I see the love of my life, Clarice, sitting on this bench outside of Target. And I wish you could see me do an impression of her. But she's holding the phone like pressed against the side of her face. And she looks like a cherry tomato and is like, (laughs) 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 if you've seen Midsommar, when Danny is crying, (laughs) when Danny is crying right before the opening credits happen, that is what it looked like. And I said to myself, Okay, so Nick and Claret are no longer friends. The podcast will actually not be happening. And this was a fun Ooh. summer. 
of friendship. Um, and I'll look back on it fondly, but um, this is in fact the end. <laughs> From my perspective, Chloe, I was Chloe like, gets in the car, <laughs> I sobbing, was like, trying the, to take a I deep breath. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I have to reschedule my flight. <laughs> I, have to reschedule, I have to reschedule my flight. And then I say in a commanding, very heterosexual voice, very unlike me, I say, no, you do not. We are getting you to the airport. I like turned into my dad. It was weirdly fatherly. And I acted as if I was piloting a jet to LAX. (laughs) We took a land jet to LAX. Speed limits. I don't know her. I was, I was amped. And we got you there to the airport. Um, tell and your side. And then it was fine. Like, and then the you got upgraded was- to business class. <laughs> and then I got fucking upgraded to business class. Holy shit, that was so nice. I rolled up and they were like, oh, your seat. Cha- I, I would literally, this is not exciting information, but I like whatever had picked my seat to be like in the teens. Mm. And I got there <clears throat> and they were like, oh yeah, you've been moved from row 14 to row 59. And I was like, are you serious? And they were like, yeah, hold on. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Go sit in row eight. And I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I'm not going to say no to it. It was very strange. So it was to San Francisco, right? Yeah. Okay. So a short flight, but that's nice. It was, it was a nice, so nice treat after yeah. my trauma. From my perspective, <laughs> when your you mascara is car, just like down to your chin. <laughs> I'm like telling the fucking person next to me about it. I'm like, do you want to hear about my day? <laughs> From my perspective. The flight attendant's like mimosa and you're like, therapy? <laughs> I'm like, do you have a minute to talk? Oh my God. I had fully convinced myself in a fully anxious, panicked state that, I mean, I really thought that I had died. I was like, this is purgatory. Yeah. This is it. This yeah. is like, I I was like, okay, so in the story of my, like in my purgatory experience, this is the I'm beginning. I'm laughing. The text of you saying, Nick, the car is gone. It always makes me laugh because <laughs> oh I was God. like, no, it's there. I was so convinced the car was there. Oh, also, I was like trying to gaslight also, you. Like, no, the no, car literally. Was <laughs> it was, it was horrifying. That's when I was yeah. like, oh no, I'm dead. I was like, I am, <laughs> I died. This is it. Also, Megan was at work, so I couldn't call her. Yeah. She was tutoring and, little munchkins. Sorry, Ryan. I love you. But when I called him, I don't know if I was just so hysterical that I wasn't making any fucking sense. But he was very like, probably it's okay. Like it's gonna be fine. Like, like you're gonna get there. It's fine. And I was like, you're not listening. I am dead. Claire was like, if I have to spend one more night with Nick Curl, I am gonna. Shut up! I was like, I'm just. You just really didn't want to hang out again. Well, he was back, so that wasn't gonna happen. We were gonna share a bed. The three of us. Oh no. No, but when I saw you, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God, I'm alive. Okay, I'm glad I could be that light for you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully when I die, it'll be the same thing. So, because... <laughs> I greet you in heaven. I'm like, sup, bitch? You're like, ah! <laughs> uh, okay. All the other angels are like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You really think we're going to heaven? Kind they of. let our kind into heaven? <laughs> our breed? So I know we were going to try to do a nice The Vow corner, but because not to ruin the magic of the theater, but we are recording this way earlier than normal. That's what our fight was about earlier. (laughs) 
And we normally record on Mondays, but uh, I wouldn't be able to record, so we're recording early. Here He's we having are. his vasectomy. Uh, why am I talking? It's a podcast. Sometimes things just come out of my mouth. And you're like, wow. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, so basically, I haven't watched this second episode of The Vow, mm-hmm. but I but Nick watched it a week ago whilst under Hi. the influence of marijuanas. Hello. And I think you should just recap it for me. Okay. So I think if this podcast is anything, it is chaotic. <laughs> that's Unless, the, that's the goddamn truth. Okay. Okay. So Give it to me. pretty much, honestly, what I remember mainly from the episode is it's a lot. Oh my god! It is a lot of Bonnie talking with Keith. So, you know, yeah. the Star Wars girl and Keith, the documentary guy, um, who are married at this That's point. Mark. Keith is the crazy one. Keith is the oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God damn Mark. it. Mark, the documentary maker. They got married, right? Yeah, they got married. So it's her being very disillusioned and seeing through everything and being like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. This is a cult. Not those words. Like, I don't think she was like, this is a cult. Like, she had that word. But she was like, this is not. She hadn't learned mm-hmm. words yet. She <laughs> she was like, this is not what everyone thinks it is. Like, this is actually really bad. How long was she in it before she realized that? I I don't know. I Like, five years? I'm pulling that on my ass. Oh, but I feel Jesus like, fucking Christ. Oh, oh, yeah, a while. And it was because... A lot of women were who were in the like inner circle, I guess, were this is so fucked up. They were like not sleeping, like they were playing um midnight volleyball from like midnight to 3 a.m. and like their life was fully scheduled out and they only were getting like three or four hours of sleep every night, so they were getting sleep deprived. They were also getting um, de- like calorie deprived, like what Ryan does with you. I'm kidding. <laughs> like what you do to no. me? He's depriving their. Ca- okay, okay, okay. Back it up. Does everyone live together on some like fucking island? On B- Banana Island? <laughs> no. They- <laughs> My he home. forces them to eat only bananas. What? Only a crazy person would do that. Uh huh. <laughs> Claire's like, let me lightly make a lot of noise on my glass table in my metal water bottle. (laughs) But keep going, keep going. It's fine. Um, Yeah, I feel like they're all like living at the center together or something. I don't know. Okay. I I was high and it was a week ago. But he's like depriving them of calories. He has like a set schedule where it's like they go to sleep at four and wake up at like six. It's insane. And he like limits how much they can eat. And Bonnie sees this and is like, what the fuck is happening? And she initially goes to Mark, her husband, and is like, I'm really nervous to be saying this out loud. And I'm nervous to say this to you because I know that you are really close with Keith. And also at this point, Mark and Keith are like best buds. And it's How did almost they meet? Keith and Mark? Yeah. Mm, Keith found Keith found out about or Mark found out about Nexium somehow and just went and then made his way up the ranks and met okay met Keith, met Keith fairly early on and Nancy but whatever Bonnie's like this is really not good and I'm scared to say this out loud because I know that you're still friends with Keith and Keith and Mark are like really close at this point almost in a homosexual way actually. <gasps> 
What do you mean? I, Explain more. The way they were talking about it and the way it was shot and edited was very like. Is that like what's to come? You think episode three and four? I wouldn't be surprised, but I also could just my gay little heart could be looking into it. I ship them. You're just no, looking but, at it. You're like, I hope they fall in love. Oh my God. What if they kiss? No, but it, it was, it was like, they're a little too close. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay, <laughs> but it was like, they're closer than normal male best friends. I'd say. Okay. Like that was the vibe I was getting. Also like knowing what's to come on this. I kind of, that checks out. <laughs> and Keith is such a narcissist that even if he is like largely heterosexual, I feel like he could be into that just because it gets his ego off. Yeah. You know, like there's like yeah. a whole like branch of sexuality when you're a super narcissist cult leader. Yeah. And I think that's just different. Yeah. You kind of want to be like worshiped. It's <laughs> yeah. Remember when people were starting on that, like fake rumors that like pedophiles wanted to be a like recognized sexual orientation. Those weren't rumors, but yes. Well, a lot of it was fake. A lot of it was like fabricated. That's what I thought. Is that it was like based in reality, but it was fabricated by people who were trying to equate pedophiles with queer people. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That it was I mean, like a conservative standpoint that was like, look what they want and like mm. add to the like LGBT plus community, like LGBT XYZ, like that. My type percent, of, well, I remember they were talking like they were calling themselves maps, which is minor attracted persons. I think a lot of the people who were doing it were also troll accounts. I think there was a lot of troll and plants. And because my perception of that was like pedophiles want to be included in the community. And then everyone in the community was like, no. <laughs> yeah, it was. That like, was that's I all I remember from it. Yeah, that's obviously a whole nother. But then conservatives but, were like, they want pedophiles in the community. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, we literally don't. So I remember Except for seeing Nick. one dumb, Jesus, I remember seeing one dumbass like Tumblr post that said, um, well, the queer community is about celebrating the taboo. And it's like, no, it's not. It's like, that's not what this is. That's a part of it. That's not what it is. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get into sexuality. You so yeah, honestly, that, episode one. and then, and then, it, and then it ends and you find out that Keith has been branding these girls. Like, with what a, does that fucking mean? Like with you know, a like, like when you brand a cow like that. What does it look like? I'm googling it. It's disgust. It's really gross. Just warning. I'm scared. Yeah. Ew. Right. Okay. That's uh, let's ugly. Like just get it. Like get a tattoo. <laughs> I don't think they had a choice, Claray. <laughs> I meant why didn't he tattoo? Okay. Perhaps I have some. So that's where it ends, and we'll see where it goes. The series is also nine episodes long, so I, just to be honest, I don't think we're going to be getting through all of it, because <laughs> I also hear it does get boring after a point, like it starts to drag, so. Oh, yeah. do you want to just finish it for next week? Let's do episode three, and like, let's just see where we're at with that. Yeah. How does that sound to you guys? Yeah. <laughs> right in. Let us know. Anyways. So that's our vow. <laughs> update um that's the main points from episode two were there a lot of say. bare feet oh and again? um and bonnie tries to get sarah kind of in on the know and bonnie says at one point she's like sarah is someone telling you to say this like there's like that moment a lot of it is listening to phone calls like uh -huh. a lot of the episode is just listening to phone calls yeah so 
That's do people the just corner. record their phone calls? Is that like a thing? Well, Mark is a documentary maker, so he recorded everything because that's what he does. And Bonnie started recording phone calls when she started getting red flags. Imagine how annoying it would be to be married to a documentary filmmaker. <sighs> Almost as annoying as being married to a podcaster. <laughs> Ryan? Us. Care to weigh in? <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's the Val Corner. Join us next week for episode three, which may be the final one. We'll see. <laughs> Depending if we get bored, we're like, eh, they're branding people. Fuck it. Well, all the, all the reviews are like, the Val is way too long. And so. I feel that way you know, about most. Docuseries? Yeah. You should talk Make to Brand. A- you should talk to Brandon because he's, he and I have been, had a whole discussion about that today. Okay. Well, I, I'm curious what you think. I, what I said to him was, I think stories should take however long they need to be told the best and most effectively way possible or the most effective way possible. Um, And I think Netflix has created a binge culture, which encourages more episodes than there needs to be. Sing Um, it. And that's not like shitting on Netflix. That's an unconscious side effect, I think. I agree. But, but and so I feel like sing this, it, ep- this, this series is nine episodes. And after episode two, I was like, this should be done by episode five before I knew there were nine. Just in my in my from a narrative point of view, I was like, this feels like it's probably going to wrap up in three more episodes. But then I'm like, oh, there are seven more. What are you going to talk about? And then there's going to be a second season. And I'm like, no. OK, I, I feel know. that way about most. I have never watched a true. Did crime. you feel that way about Tiger King? Did you feel like it was drawn out too much? Almost no. I feel like it was drawn out a pretty good amount. The last two episodes were kind of boring because they were just like kind of resolution and because like real life doesn't really wrap up as neatly as no shit. (laughs) That's just not how life works. And a lot of time I feel like these docuseries try to give everything a like ding, that's the end. And like that's Mm -hmm. just not how life is. And so I feel like they kind of peter out in a weird way. Like Mm -hmm. I think Tiger King did. I thought Tiger King was well done, though, like in terms of like 100 percent the way that you got hooked and then the way like the shock value. And when you thought you were as shocked as you were going to get, they were like, LOL, get wait till you hear this. Get wait till you hear this. Am I having a stroke? I thought Tiger King was really well done. It was I thought I think it was an appropriate length. And I think there's a reason it was as popular as it was. Yes. Another Netflix doc that I think was drawn out was The Disappearance of Madeline McCann. I think it was probably two episodes too long, I would say, at least. Um, It was a little drawn out, but it's such an interesting case that I didn't super mind. There's a documentary series. The Staircase is way too fucking drawn out. Staircase is so long. I feel like every step of the staircase is an episode. (laughs) We give each step of the staircase an episode. Well, there was for every for every lance it. of the owl, <laughs> we oh do God. an episode. There was a God, point the staircase like halfway through because I did not finish when I was like, mm-hmm. they have repeated the same thing for every episode, which is exactly what yeah. this podcast is. <laughs> but I just it's not interesting. That's one of the I mean, I have the attention span of a literal toddler, <laughs> so I'm not the greatest person's opinion to have on this. But that's one of the reasons a lot that of I people prefer... don't have don't have the attention span, patience or time for that. So like I wouldn't honestly, I think more people are like you in that sense than not. Well, also, like that's the reason that I prefer like MFM or like small town murders or something like that mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. um God, what is it called? Someone knows something or something where like the whole season is one case. And I'm like, holy yeah. fuck, I yeah, can yeah. only hear the dad say, 
we just knew something was wrong 7,000 times. I don't need to hear it. I, I agree. I think there's a docuseries on Netflix called The Keepers, and I cannot say enough good things about that. It is oh. like one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's about a nun who was murdered in the 60s in oh. Baltimore, I think. And it's Did about- you just wink at me? No, that's just my face. Um, I, I thought you close- a nun who got murdered in the 60s. And I was yeah. like, what is that code for? <laughs> code for that time we murdered a nun. <laughs> no, um, it's about a nun uh, who was a teacher at a girl's Catholic school mm-hmm. who was murdered in the 60s. And it's about her students trying to find out what happened to her. It's like, what happened, to, what happened to Sister Kathy? And it is like, I'm, I... I have full body goosebumps right now, actually. I do too. And I've never even seen it. Like talking about it. It is the perfect amount of like tragic gripping and also like hopeful and inspiring. But it's, I, it's, it's unbelievable. It's so good. Everyone should watch that. It is so, so good. Yeah. I'll get on it. That sounds good. And I, and I don't think it's, I do not think it's drawn out. Um, and I think it does a good job being very respectful to, I don't want to spoil things, but there are other victims in the story and it does a very good job being respectful to those victims. Fuck yeah. I'm sold. Yeah. It's awesome. Anyway. So that's the end of our docu-series corner. (laughs) Okay, so this episode is a part two to last week's where we talk about Greek life and we um, manufactured running out of time because I had to get on that fucking conference call with my family. Because I had to call the cops. <laughs> so I had to call Officer Abby. Um, she was very polite. Anyways, A-cab. A-cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. A-cab Anyways. except Abby. A-cab. Okay, so this would be helpful for me if you just like, um, maybe just ask like some leading questions about me in a fraternity. Okay, whatever. I know yeah. we talked about like <laughs> last week how eighteen-year-old yeah. me probably would have joined Nexium because I was mm-hmm. like, and how twenty-four-year-old me present Nick would. <laughs> well, okay, I am curious what because I am such a different person than I was when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. That it, like I understand why I joined a sorority and like me today, I'm like fuck no, I'd never do that. But like, you mean if you now were a freshman in college, you wouldn't join a sorority? Yes. Understood. Okay. Sorry. What? Like knowing now what I did. Oh, Jesus. Knowing now what what I didn't know then. What is happening? That's the sentence. Good. That's not even. (laughs) Those are barely words. No, no, that's right. My first day on this planet. This Um, is her first, her first words. Oh. Thank God we're recording. Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, I want to have a baby just so I can get its first words on this podcast. Aww. And then we and then we send it back. <laughs> I'm like, say two girls, one brain cell. And then we go back to Costco and we're like, what the fuck? It's defective. <laughs> and then I punt it down the stairs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Of chilies. Okay, but I'm why did like why did you join a frat? <laughs> okay. I don't so- I didn't know you at 18. You now, if I didn't know you personally, I would not be like, he seems like a frat type of person. (laughs) Fair enough. There were a lot of factors that went into it. I do have to start with a story from high school because I think it kind of is the origin point of this. Did you get recruited for a frat? Like how they recruit (laughs) Marines and shit? I tried it. Well, someone tried to recruit me for Nexium. No. So am I allowed to say that you're bisexual on the pod? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. So I don't know, because we actually haven't talked about you being bisexual or like what that Mm -hmm. 
journey was for you. Weird. (laughs) I believe it. But for me, I've always known I was gay. It is no joke. My first memory is that I was gay. It wasn't like I'm gay, but it was like, I like boys. Like that was my first memory. Yeah. Do you remember um, Catherine at Big Little School? Yeah. One of my first memories is like she had a photo of her and her husband like at the beach and he was shirtless and I was like <gasps> I like that literally okay Catherine was probably like why is this kid looking at this photo so much <laughs> but yeah so it's something I've always known and I would say it's something that I like accepted about myself internally when I was like 13 so what I mean is like up to that point I did a lot of like denial and a lot of it's a phase or like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I like guys, but like, I'll be with a woman. Like I'm going to marry a woman. And here we are today. So and, who was wrong? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and and wrong? here I am married to Clare. <laughs> but yeah, so when I was 13, like that's when I accepted it within myself. Like you're gay and that's, and there isn't change. There's no changing that. And it is what it is. And I came out to my sister August of 2010. Oh, so 10 years. I told my sister I was gay like three weeks before she went to college. And I don't know if this is the case for you. And it's so hard to explain to anyone who's not LGBT. But for me, at least coming out was like every time before I came out, I thought about coming out. I could not imagine my life after that point. Not in like a am going to die if I come out type of way, but in like a I have no frame of reference for what my life would be like if people know that I'm gay. That's fair because I never like officially came out if you will because I still like deeply until until this moment (laughs) until this moment I mean I still definitely like invalidate myself constantly yeah (laughs) me 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 too every time you look at me god um so that's kind of what it was like so when I but yes I get what you mean when I came out to my sister, it was like a whole new world of like, oh, I told someone that I'm gay and they know that. And like, we're both aware of that now. And it was just such a weird feeling, but it was also a little bit like just telling one person, I felt a little weight lift off of me. And that had a little bit of like a euphoric adrenaline feeling to it in a way Mm -hmm. like that weight, that weight getting lifted off. So it was kind of like, Oh, like this is really scary and anxiety inducing, but it also feels kind of good. Yeah. That's yeah. So at that, so then I got slightly less scared to tell individual people. So at that, from that point forward, I, I told my friend Riley, I told my friend Danny and I told my friend Athena sophomore year of high school. And it was kind of the same feeling of like that weight lifting off of me. And then, I don't know, junior year, fall, um, I came out to Sophie and those were all kind of the the key moments prior to like a big coming out, which is what I'm going to get into now. (sighs) So at my, (laughs) for those of you who don't know, I did do high school theater at South Eugene High School. (laughs) On his rock star tour bus. Am I rock star tour? <laughs> it's the funniest shit. There were there were probably twice as many girls who did theater than guys at South. Like easily. seems about right. Easily and at South in South Theater there were eight guys, all juniors and seniors, one sophomore, my junior year, and they were all really close friends. And they had a Facebook chat called the Brotherhood. 
That smells like the KKK. Buckle up. I actually don't know this story at all, so I should probably stop picking at my split ends and listen to you. I'm sharing like one of the most traumatic moments of my life with you, and you're like, that's like insane. <laughs> so I'm like, um, but does trauma and bullying actually happen? Does that create split ends? So <laughs> my hair is just so fucked up. <laughs> it's actually helping me focus. No, you're you're fine. Don't worry. So I was the only upperclassman who wasn't in that group who was in theater. I didn't know that part of this. Um, like that's how little guys were in theater. <laughs> in the the brotherhood, I'm sorry. What the fuck? Yeah, so the brotherhood. So they had this Facebook group chat and everyone knew about the group chat. Literally everyone knew about it. It wasn't it was not a secret. Like they weren't secretive about it. And like for a while there wasn't really anything to be like secretive about. But I remember seeing at one point, um, I was in a show and I remember seeing like that one of them, one of the guys in this group chat was posting like really heinous shit. I'm putting memes and quotes and like jokes, whatever, but like jokes about school shootings, jokes about the Holocaust, like, oh, is it who I think it was? Yeah. Like fucked, like fucked up shit. And nice. Unfortunately, just kind of the reality is if you have a group chat with 16, 17, 18 year old boys on Facebook, it's kind of it creates kind of like an echo chamber and they're going to yeah. probably probably try to like one up each other, whatever. But this guy consistently took it to a different level. And I don't want to say that everyone was always at his level because that is not true. He was consistently at a in a different place. <laughs> Of making jokes about school shootings, Holocaust, rape, uh, child porn, like all these, all these things that I personally don't joke about because I don't find anything funny about any of those. What's not I don't funny know. about child porn, Nick? I don't know about you, Claret. Um, yeah, I'm so, like, oh, did you not want to do this podcast to talk about the Holocaust, <laughs> rape, and school shootings? Because I'm out. <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> As I said last week, I'm trying to lose my job, trying to get canceled. The other guys weren't, I don't want to say they were okay with it, but they didn't like do anything about it or like really call him out about it. Classic. Yeah. Classic privileged, dumb white high school boys. Yeah. And it's also really hard to call your friends out. And anyways, so I remember some of them being like, whoa, like talking amongst themselves or with me or some other friends saying like, yeah, he put this in the group chat. Like that was a little too far. Was it a text group chat? It was Facebook, Facebook group chat. I'm trying to make this, I'm genuinely trying to make this story as short as possible because I could include many more details, but long story short, I said something like snarky or sarcastic or like tried to make a joke, but it did not land with this person, um, on Facebook in this like South Eugene theater Facebook group, um, where like we posted like logistical things, whatever. Um, and this guy like asked a question and then I kind of gave like a snarky answer in the comments. Okay. So basically you deserved what happened. So, yeah. So I was asking for it and I have no excuse (laughs) anyways. So I think, I think this guy was just having like a rough day because he did not think it was funny. And he Girl, went to he the group chat having a rough day and cut the guy. I made the snarky comment about what'd you say? It was so inconsequential. I have no idea what I said. It was a snarky comment to a question he asked. Okay. And then 
went to the yeah. group chat got it uncut so this guy goes to the group chat to complain about it and he's just like what the fuck nick like ask a question and be more involved and you go and like put me down on that i think he was upset because he was an un- he was younger than me and i was like an upperclassman or whatever i don't know it doesn't matter but he said, what the fuck, Nick? And then the guy who's making the Holocaust rape jokes, etc., yes. goes into the group chat and says, don't worry about him. He'll die of AIDS one day. <gasps> I was <All> threatened. Right. <laughs> it was Ray. No. Um... And that kid grew up to be Ray. So then the group chat kind of imploded. Um, a lot of them, I would say half of them were like, what the fuck? That is so over the line and not okay and the other half were just trying to like keep things like keep it from blowing up or whatever and does that make sense like half yeah. of them were like what the fuck and the other half were like okay like let's just move on like whatever the next day at school i was with two of the guys who were in the group chat and okay. one of them alluded to something happened in the group chat last night like something happened in the brotherhood last night God, all these guys are so gay holy crap genuinely <laughs> Jesus. he's like yeah something happened in the group chat the other night and i was like what happened he's like it's just he's like it was insane he's like it's brotherhood uh, stuff you wouldn't understand what should we call the guy yeah um peter yeah he was so this guy was like oh peter said something peter said something and i was like uh okay and i just i had a feeling i was like this is probably about me and so then that after school, I hung out with a friend of mine who was also in the, also in the group chat and the brotherhood. And I was like, what happened? He's like, I just, he's like, I don't want to tell you. Cause like no good will come from me telling you, like, it'll just make things worse. And I was like, was this about me? And he's like, yeah. And then eventually I get it out of him and he shows me, he shows me what happened in the group chat and sends me a screenshot. And mm-hmm. oh my God, what if I, cr- what if I cry? Oh, please don't cry. I might, I might cry. We'll see. And I, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Not right. Not at this very moment. I just thought about a later point in the story. <laughs> okay. Episode eight is the first time there were tears and. Nick can cry and Will Butcher. I see it. Out. And it's one of those things where it's hard because I really blocked this out, but I'm trying to remember how it felt. It was like so many different things happened all at once where I was like, oh shit. And so like, I'm not the most like heterosexual acting person. Ah ha ha. So it wasn't like me being gay was a huge secret or that anyone would be shocked to find out, obviously. But I was like, oh, shit, like they know I'm gay. This guy just said something like very threatening and homophobic and like violent towards me. And none of the other guys who I all considered friends, some of them good friends, none of them really spoke up for me was where I was at. Yeah. So it was a whole bunch of feelings. So then I leave there feeling overwhelmed, to say the least, but also as I've said before, I take a long time to process how I feel about something and how long and it, it takes me a while to like work something out in my head mm-hmm. to one, know how I feel about it and two, want to know how to express how I feel about that. Yeah. So I go to the absolute love of my life, best friend in the entire world, Sophie Kreitzberg's house. Mm-hmm. And I tell her and her mom <laughs> and her dad, oh my God. <laughs> I tell Sophie, Kelly and Bruce, everything that happened and Sophie and Kelly and Bruce, but I mean, you know, whatever. Um, but Sophie and Kelly were like, horrified and they were more outraged than I was at that point and they kind of helped me see what was so fucked up about it Mm -hmm. and at that point the friend who told me what had happened in the group chat was like also freaking out (laughs) 
And he was like, Nick, calm down. Like, uh, ha, ha. like he wasn't like Nick, calm down, but he was like, let's not make this into a thing. Yeah. And Sophie was like, fuck this. Like, let's make this a thing. Like that is so unbelievable. And like, they've been getting away with this for so long and it was only a matter of time before it like came back to like actually affect someone. And now it's affected you and what the fuck. And also our director has known about this group chat and has known about the fucked up shit that's been going on in that group chat. And he hasn't done anything. And he encourages this like weird culture of toxic masculinity among those guys. And it's fucking bullshit. Like Sophie was so pissed off for good reason. Good. I eventually leave her house. And um, my dad texted me actually because I was so late. And he was like, are you coming home? Like, where are you? And I said, yeah, sorry. Something happened at school. I'm on my way. So then I go home and I tell my dad what happened. And that was terrifying because I'd never talked to my dad about my sexuality. And not that my dad has ever been a homophobe or said anything homophobic towards me. I was absolutely terrified to talk about being gay with my dad. That's yeah. Makes sense. Which is fair. And so I told him what happened and he was like, okay, so you're not going back to school until this is sorted out. And he immediately um, emailed the principal and called one of our family friends who's a police officer in Eugene to like get her advice on like, is, is Nick in danger whatever blah 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 she was really she's also she's also gay and she was really helpful and made me because at that point I felt like I had done something wrong mm-hmm. or like that I was making it a big thing which is bullshit but whatever that's how I felt and she really helped me kind of address that I guess okay and so I didn't go to school and my ever again Nick my, did not I didn't, graduate I didn't school. go to school and for context this is the end of my junior year of high school and junior year of high school at least at my at least at south was notoriously the hardest year of school academically because i, I was taking all at mine because <laughs> i was a bad I, student i was taking like six ib courses and it was what's like, that it's the international version of ap and i i was taking ib classes and i had like a, an ibe contest coming up and i had all these finals coming up and it was like not that there's a good time for this to happen. This was the worst time for it to happen. And also my junior year of high school, um, uh, one of our family friends, like who was a second mom to me, she passed away unexpectedly in October. Jesus Christ. In January, my cousin who was 22 or 23 died from cystic fibrosis. In what January. the fuck? So I had to fly to Tennessee for her, uh, for her funeral. And it was like junior year was, just a nonstop curb stomp from life. It was fitting that it was going to end this way. And thank God I had the teachers I did. I had some of the best teachers ever that year who were incredibly understanding and kind. This happened. My dad also emailed all my teachers and let them know what happened. Um, and was like, Nick won't be coming into school until this is settled, blah, blah, blah. And I had a meeting with my parents and the principal and I had to, it was a whole, it was a, there was a whole bunch of things. And, um, I think he wasn't allowed to walk at graduation actually. Oh, I've heard that part of the story. Yeah. But they said it was for a reason, a different reason. Um, I think they said it was cause he was sick or whatever, but he didn't walk at graduation. And good. <sighs> I also had to, the principal had me meet with all the guys in the group chat. Great. With the brotherhood? With the entire brotherhood, including Peter and our director and the principal, all in our little theater. Like we had a little round t- or a little black box. Circle. 
little circle discussion in our black box. Good God. And in hindsight, that really pisses me off because I shouldn't have had to be in the same room with him, talk to him, give him even the opportunity to apologize. Yeah. Honestly, um, even though he attempted to. And yeah, so I then mustered up every little ounce of courage I had meeting with them. And I was like, I have struggled with my sexuality my entire life. And it is something I'm just recently starting to be comfortable with myself about and to have it be like weaponized against me and used as a cheap joke in a group chat among guys I consider friends of mine is so hurtful. I can't even describe it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, fuck. Um, And then I also had another meeting with guys in the brotherhood, not including Peter and not including the principal, but including the director and some of the guys. And Why did I, like, the director have to be there for everything? He was just like, ah, oh, yes, this is an important learning moment. Great question. And I really ripped into them. And I was like, I was so, I'm like, I'm so disappointed in all of you. And I really looked up to you. And like, we were also voting for superlatives for our end of year banquet. And I was like, I regret voting for you for most inspirational. And then he Holy almost started shit, crying. That's some fucking <laughs> high school theater bullshit. And I love it. Right. Yeah. But what I was going to say earlier that made me cry uh our theater had like um i don't know what the word is but like we assigned jobs to certain people like there was a i want to call it like a council but like i forget what it was but it was like we had a president we had a vice president we had a secretary we yeah, had that's a, just called having a theater troupe you have to have okay yeah sorry i this is a long ago but um, I wasn't in it my junior year, but pretty much all of my friends were in it and they had a weekly meeting with the director. And yes. at that weekly meeting, oh my God, I'm going to cry. At that weekly meeting that I wasn't in, this is all they talked about. And the director opened it with, so we need to talk about the Nick and Peter situation. And he's like, there are two problems here. One, what Peter said, and two, that Nick found out about it. And pretty much, long story short, his approach was kind of like, we should all be forgiving of Peter because he's being ostracized too. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of bullshit like that. And then it was silent for silent for like five or ten seconds. And then Sophie comes in. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. And then Sophie comes in and is like, um, I disagree respectfully. I think what was said was absolutely horrifying and degrading and made Nick feel like less of a person. And I think that this culture that we have here has encouraged that. And I fully disagree that we should be forgiving. <laughs> Just said his name. Peter. Peter. And that is hands down the nicest oh my god i'm gonna cry that is hands down like the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me the fact that sophie went out on such a limb to like defend me oh my god i'm gonna cry (laughs) but like that's what like being like a real friend is is like sticking up for them like when they're not there and it's really hard to do that in situations where like sophie was like 16 you know speaking up to an adult who had all the power and she did the right thing when I wasn't there. And I feel like I've never fully thanked her for that. So if you're listening, Sophie, thank you. But yeah. Okay. What was your high school number one? South Eugene. What was your question? As a con, like, is that how other high schools were? Because every word that just came out of your mouth for the last 20 minutes was a big old, what the fuck? Starting with the group chat and the brotherhood and ending with your council. What the fuck? The council. And my second question is, how does this relate to frats? (laughs) And my second question is, why are we talking about this? So 
So you said I need to go join Nexium. So I was like, give me that fucking nipple length sash. Um, <laughs> no, I, so from that point on, I was then out to the school. Okay. And I was like, okay, I've indirectly, but in, but also directly been outed. I was, I feel like I was kind of forced to out myself. Yeah. Um, which, I feel like Thurston didn't have really, uh, okay, I guess there was a situation. We'll get back to that. Well, but Why am I, I literally like, brain dead? I like, if it didn't actively pertain to me, if I wasn't the star player, I don't remember it happening. I was like, there was no sort of situation where anyone <laughs> was outed ever at my high school, period. It didn't happen. And then I was like, oh yeah, I guess my junior year, there was a whole huge thing that happened. Clary was like, if I wasn't directly there, did it happen? The funny part is I was heavily involved in that situation. You're like, I was the one outing. (laughs) Clary's like, I was Peter. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, the brotherhood. What's the brotherhood? I'm texting the brotherhood and I'm like, Nick's going to die of AIDS. Quick, Quick roundabout back to Peter. He, two years ago, was outed in a local Eugene paper as a neo-Nazi part of, like, 4chan, like, dark web groups living in his mom's basement with, like, Nazi flags in the background. Teehee. So then what happened? So I was outed, and leading up to coming out fully was kind of a big struggle slash me pushing away any... My, like, feminine qualities or, like, that side of myself. Anything in your gay barn? My gay barn. I was, like, I am uncomfortable and I want to not address or look at or be comfortable with anything about me that could be construed as feminine. Such as organic out. foods and candles. Organic food, candles, personal hygiene, all the good stuff. No. Gay um, sex. Gay sex. Gay. <laughs> um, feminism. like, what's something that's gay? I don't know. Gay. I'm not wrong. And <laughs> it was pretty brave of you to say that being gay is pretty gay. Like, thank you for, I was waiting for you to say that, but yeah, so I was very uncomfortable with any feminine qualities of myself. But then when I came out, I was kind of like, okay, like, I guess there's no point in hiding from it or denying that. So I became much more comfortable with my, uh, like feminine parts of my personality and who I am. Thank you, Peter. A side effect of that is that I have always been incredibly uncomfortable. But once I like open up to being the feminine parts of my personality, those felt very comfortable to me. And I was like, this is great that I'm finally like accepting this part of myself. The masculine parts of myself, however, I never felt comfortable with because I always felt like I was faking it. They never felt true to myself. And I was like, this isn't really like, I don't know. And all of my, like pretty much all of my close friends with the exception of Dan, literally growing up, like were girls. And so I also didn't have a ton of like close guy friends or anything. So going into Chapman, I saw that Greek life was a really big thing. And I was like, yeah, I think this is probably something that I want to try. So I rushed three times freshman year. I rushed one fraternity twice, freshman uh first and second semester and then Okay, I guess semester, rushing is different for boys. I rushed a different one. Yeah, we have two rushes and I didn't get into any of them and that sucked and I was like, okay, I guess fraternity life isn't for me. That's not surprising to anyone who knows me and whatever. Like that's just not for me. 
sophomore year, beginning of the school year, one of my roommates says, Hey, I'm going to this rush event. Um, I'm going to this rush event. Like, do you want to come with? And this fraternity was the one fraternity I didn't really know anything about. All the other ones after my freshman year, (laughs) all the other ones after my freshman year, I was like, okay, I know what Pike is. I know what Fiji is. I know what beta is. And like those clear, like, (laughs) I'm not going to join Pike. Like that's not me. (laughs) Um, But I did not know what this fraternity was. And I was like, okay, like it's one night, like might as well go see. So I went and it was at an ice rink and we played like this thing called broom ball. Girl, what? Can't make this up. We played this thing called broom ball. And I got to know some of the guys and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And these are like guys I feel automatically comfortable with. That's weird. This is a strange little feeling. Um, And so I went to more and more rush events and I got to know them more and more. And I was like, oh, this is definitely a group I want to be in. And they're not afraid of being like sensitive and vulnerable. And it's not just like shotgunning beers and fucking girls or like any of that more stereotypical stuff. Like that's still there, but there's much more to it than that. You know, we shotgun beers and we fuck bitches, but we cry about it afterwards because we're men exactly and i was like this is for me but yeah so i was like oh fuck yeah like this is exactly where i want to be and what did it for me was one of the final rush events which was invite only i met with i met with this guy who i kind of like hung out with at every rush event um his name's chris if he's listening hi chris you met chris i did at my party oh hey chris hey chris i met with chris and he was like tell me about your tattoo. So like that opened up an entire conversation with him. And I was like, Oh, this is definitely like where I want to be. So for me, joining a fraternity was about embracing parts of myself that I had been uncomfortable with and kind of getting help from people I respected and looked up to and was comfortable with getting help from them and shaping those parts of my personality because I feel like I couldn't really do it on my own. That's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and joining the fraternity was like top three best decisions of my life for sure. Really? Yeah. Like I had no friends really after freshman year. That's not true. I had like, I had a few friends, but I didn't have a group. Like I didn't have like, I didn't feel like I belonged and I kind of felt like I was floating around and I was like, I, I need like an anchor, I guess. And this proved to be that. Um, Oh, that's really special. So So that's that. Do you have questions about me when I was in the fraternity? (laughs) Hey, yo. Okay, I want to know about hazing. Since hazing was what I feel like I missed out on in my sorority experience. Did you get hazed? Um, I won't go into detail about it. And Oh my God, you're not in this frat anymore. Yeah, but they could still send like a cease and desist. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also on the board of governors for it. Like the alumni panel, so. The board of governors? I didn't make the name. I did not make the name. Are you a um, wizard? What the fuck? In regards to hazing, um, I will say that things happened that might be that like in a from a, if a sorority did them, like when you said like they were afraid to tell us to take a shot, like they were that cautious, like it was not that level of caution. But everything that we did while we were in the um like pledging process was designed for us to get closer to each other, like as a pledge class. Right, like when they put you in a basement and tell you to kill a puppy. Yes, as Beta did at University of Washington. No, Uh, literally nothing like that happened. When you think of hazing and you think of like getting paddled or like having to like things where they're like, you have to finish like two 12 packs or whatever, things like that. Like the things you hear about hazing where like someone dies, nothing even close to that. 
at all. Um, I would say it was stressful. I was very anxious. I was going to get dropped the entire time. Really? <laughs> yeah. Which in hindsight was kind of silly, but like whatever. But did they I drop did. anyone? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every year, at least. Well, several guys drop within the first week when they realize how much work it's going to be. Pledging is like a, it's like a taking another class, honestly. So guys drop out the first week, but after that, I would say like five mm. or six guys probably get dropped on average. Um, usually it's because they're just not gelling with the rest of the class. Okay. But I alluded to us having similar experiences last week with uh, you talking about your big and my big who hated me, your big who hated you. So what happened with me was um, we also had to like meet, you know, the actives and get to know them, whatever. And I, then we write down a list of five guys that we want, um, like in order. So I put Chris, as my number one and I put Chris as my number one and then I forget the rest of it but then for number five I was having trouble thinking of who it was and I was like hmm. I just I was like well I just met that guy this week um and he was really dope so whatever I'll put him here um like we had a good conversation whatever yeah. um so I put him down and then and then it hit me where I was like oh shit actually I should put someone else on my number five spot like I forgot about them so then I sent in and I sent in a second one like before the deadline and I was like hey ignore the last one do this one um and then it's time for us to meet our bigs I turn around how did they do it did they do it like they pop out of a box we we turn around and they're and they're there <laughs> with a gun um yeah, they, we think they're going to shoot us. No, I'm kidding. No, we just turn around. And I turn around, and it's the guy I originally put down as my number five. And I literally had a moment of, wait, who is this? Me the fuck, too. I was like, hey. Yeah, but it, it happens in like half a second. And then you're like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Familiar. In, in hindsight, I am so fucking glad I got him as my big, and I did oh, not get anyone wait. else I put on the list. Yeah, I know. Um, like the, like, I love, he's a very, he's like a really good friend of mine still. Um, and, oh, he's actually, this is us. I know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he said, yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) and yeah, so that's what happened with Biggs and it was kind of, I was upset for the, at first. Um, but then I got to know him and I was like, oh, wait, we are very compatible. Like, oh yeah. Cause we weren't. She was like low key a Republican, and I was like, "How? Well, no, this guy like his favorite show was Lost. He loves Taylor Swift. Like, what more do you need? Literally, he transferred. He went to school in New York initially, um, and transferred uh his sophomore year. Um, okay. so like we both we both started the fraternity late, and yeah, he was just like super down to earth. He was like fun to party with, but he wasn't insane or like yeah aggr- aggressively heterosexual or anything, and like. I was just very comfortable with him and I'm very happy that I got him as a big. So, yeah. But I did go through a period, I'd say halfway through my pledging process where I was like, I'm going to drop. I hate this. This isn't for me. I don't feel like I'm myself. I feel like I can't be myself. I feel like I'm the black sheep of my pledge class. And (laughs) me, I feel like I was like, I'm different. It was after I was like, I feel like I'm the main character and I shouldn't be. In I was this. like, none of these other um, girls have a gay boyfriend. 
I'm just different. And actually, the moment where I was like, I'm going to drop was Halloween, Halloween 2016, like that party. It was right after we got in our bigs. And my big was, it was at his house, and the party was. And it, he was upstairs the entire party taking care of his girlfriend because she drank too much. Nice. And everyone else was hanging out with their bigs and having a great time. And I wasn't because he wasn't there the entire time. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I feel not wanted. And I feel like this isn't for me. So I went through that. And I'm not totally sure what made me stick around. I think I talked to my roommate because he also pledged and joined. Mm-hmm. And I think he was like, yeah, dude, I get it. But just honestly, like, stick with it. And I don't think you're going to regret that. And I was like, was he okay. also a fighter? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, then I got my letters and it was incredible. And oh, that yeah. was something else was that. OK, so we were supposed to did. Is this how it works everywhere that you get your letters on like initiation? Yeah, because you can't wear letters until you're initiated. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My big ordered ours me, too late. Me still taking this way too seriously. <laughs> That's why you need me because I'm the voice of reason. Yeah. Tr- yeah. <laughs> How the turntables. <laughs> well, okay. It's because I'm a skeptical motherfucker. That's why I didn't stick with it. And my big sucked. But okay, so we got and initiated. And they actively were like, you are not wanted. <laughs> like, they're like, we see that you're sad or need to fit in. We don't want you. And I was like, great. Has Has Megan told you what sorority you would be in if you went to Chapman? No. Do you know? She would know, she would know better than I would. I Let's would ask say... her. We're talking right now. Let me ask her. But then I was just going to say that, like, hold on. I'm going to text really quick. How into it would you be willing to get? What do you mean? Like, would you be like, I love my sorority and I want to be active in it and, like, participate? Will you text her right now? Because we're having a serious conversation. I can't just text her and be like, by the way. You and Megan? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but we got initiated. My big couldn't be there because she had to do something else. So it was my grand big who was, like, there to initiate me. And then afterwards, she was like, LOL. Also, my big's name was Megan, LOL. And she was like, yeah, Megan also didn't get your letters in time. Okay, bye. And she was like, everyone else is like going to go out to breakfast and stuff. But like, I have to go write this essay. And I was like, okay, bye. So I just went home. Wasn't that depressing? I'm so sorry. That sucks. Like, I know. It, make kind, this, like, it makes me kind of Not to make sad. this too serious, but like that was like bound to and fail. Like, I'm sorry start. you like, didn't get the, the Greek experience. <laughs> Well, I mean, I imagine it's different, like, at a large state school. But also, like, bigs who don't get letters for their littles in time for initiation, death penalty. Oh, my God. If I showed up to, if I got initiated and Xavier was like, haha, don't have your letters, uh I'd be like, I'm killing you. (laughs) You would kill him on site. Oh, Megan texted me. She said, ooh. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) I am curious. I like, I have some thoughts. I just, I'm, I could be so off. What do girls, you think? That, okay, that's what I thought. Oh my God, you guys are nuts. That's what I thought too. Okay, what do you think I'd be? So I said theta, three question marks. And she said, I was going to say theta too. I've never met a theta I didn't like for the record. And okay, you're looking at we, one today. You, w- you would get a bid from Delta Gamma. Oh. Yeah, you would get a bid from Delta Gamma. They'd scoop her up for those dancing skills. She's pretty skinny and kind of intimidating. An easy recruit. <laughs> I also love DGs, so you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, no, you would have been a DG. Yeah, I feel like you could have, yeah. like, they're really intense. Good, that's but not, name. But in, like, a... It, in a you way, I think. Good. Oh, this is yeah. like ego stroking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, Phyta any- are like lazy stoners. 
Sophie telling me about when she had to sleep on your, like, frat floor. <laughs> I think that's all I need to know about you being outed by a neo-Nazi and mm-hmm. Greek life. How that led to me joining a fraternity. Well, actually, just to wrap a bow on the story, um, after I got initiated, we then we had our first fraternity meeting where we were, like, actives. And it was also the end of the semester. And at the end of each semester, we take, like, a all-chapter photo. Mm-hmm. And I posted that on my Instagram. And I said... I'm just going to find it and quote it exactly how I said it, because this is probably the best thing I've ever posted on social media. Okay. Finally in a brotherhood I enjoy, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, you liked it. Yeah. I did? (laughs) It's like (laughs) the grease trap queen and 93 others. (laughs) Why the fuck? Only 93 likes? (laughs) Okay, Nick. Hilo Hero. Let's get it. Hilo Hero. I would like to um, start. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) My high was us working through our fight. The fact that we were about to not record and then Mm -hmm. we did anyway, we persevered, even though I'm a cunt. Remember, you know what's hilarious? How anxious we were that this is going to be a shit episode. (laughs) Yes. And then how we really brought it to the table. My love. And then how we really brought our A game. Also the fight. (laughs) I brought my B game, I would say. Your B game's my A game. (laughs) Shut up. I think my low was, oh my God, my low was when the internet got shut off. Your low was 30 seconds ago. My hero? Your hero. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not going to. It's cheap. My hero is Sophie and Kelly. Fuck yeah. Sophie and Kelly. Specifically blonde mom jeans lesbian Sophie. Not that she's not a lesbian. Um, I would say my high low and my hero. My high was that moment of vulnerability that I had. Honestly, yeah. Go you. Go you. When I choked choked up. For someone who cries pretty easily and pretty frequently, Mm -hmm. watching other people cry makes me highly uncomfortable. So the fact that I dealt with that was good on me. Because this is about me. Because I am the main character of this podcast. You are. When we say two girls, one brain cell, it's actually one girl, her friend, and a brain cell. <laughs> one girl, the guy who edits it, and a brain cell. We should have called it that. <laughs> the star. We're going to rebrand. Li- <laughs> the star, Claire's little gay friend, <laughs> one brain cell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it's nice to, um, I don't know. I mean, the high wasn't that I got emotional, but I do have a lot of regret for not fully expressing my gratitude to Sophie when this happened in 2014, <laughs> six and a half years ago. Jesus, the dark ages. Yeah, but it has very much stuck with me. So I would like to thank her for that. Mm-hmm. My low was um, when I thought we weren't going to record because I had gotten myself so amped <laughs> to record. And then I was like, um, I'm in a my- bad mood. And Clary's like, I'm tired. I didn't watch the vow. Um, (laughs) um, My hero was Claray for pulling through and shut the fuck up. Getting shit done, you know? (laughs) Oh, dear God. My hero was Nick for joining a frat and finding a brotherhood. Oh, fuck. We didn't tell him to rate and subscribe again. Shit. Well, if you want to join our brotherhood of brain cells, if you want your brain cell letters... If you want to join our frat. But as we said last episode, uh, rating us five stars on iTunes really, really helps. Subscribing. Writing or Leave a subscribing review. really helps. Talk about how great I am. Please. I'm literally fucking Leaving a begging review, you. It takes, you know, about 20 seconds. It really helps us. It takes um, 20 seconds and maybe less than one brain cell to do it. So do it. Okay. If you 
feel passionate about giving us money, there's a link in the description where you can where you can pay your chapter dues. A monthly (laughs) pay your dues. Um where you can give us a monthly donation of ninety nine cents if you or ten dollars. Or ten dollars. Um or a hundred (laughs) dollars. Last week, Nick, you're like no, don't give us $10. And I'm like, don't bother with that 99 cents. My psychiatrist is calling me. Hold on. What? Why is your psychiatrist calling you at 8.18 p.m.? What the fuck? It is 8.20 p.m. And he's just like, hey, Nick, thinking of you. <laughs> Did you have any nightmares? Girl, get a hobby. <laughs> You're like, Nick, why are you such a pussy? Your psychiatrist is calling you at 8.20. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, no, this is what I it's like to, to be neurotypical. <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with your patience, you fucking crazy person? Why did he show up to my house? I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Um, He's going to listen to this. It's, do you think he actually listens to this? <laughs> he he was like, oh, email me the link. And I was like. Diagnose me. If you're listening, tell me what's wrong with me, please. Because there's so much. I don't know where. I mean, no, I know I'm kind of a hard nut to crack, but. For sure. If you really want to get in there and start cracking, <laughs> let me know. Oh, my God. Let me know what personality yeah, um, disorder I have. So that was, doesn't take a psychiatrist. So that was our Hilo's Heroes. That was our episode. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Thanks for tuning in um, to this chaotic, fucked up shit show of an episode. Yeah. This feels like a weird, like, even though it literally is a full episode, it felt like a weird, like, half episode. It really did. Literally just because, yeah. Not that there's a problem with that. Okay. This is probably our most serious one so far, though. I agree. Let's stop recording. Crying. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way to end it. Let's stop recording. (laughs) Okay, that was fun. Let's stop. Bye. Two Girls, One Brain Cell is executive produced by Claire Smith and Nick Curl. Editing this episode from Claire Smith and Nick Curl. Sound mixing by Nick Curl. Music this episode from Anabolic Beats. Two Girls, One Brain Cell is produced in association with HaHa Productions. If you could please subscribe and rate us five stars, that would really help these two broke bitches out. You can follow Claire on Instagram at TheGreaseTrapQueen, and you can follow Nick on Instagram at Nick. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at BrainCellGirls. And check out our website while you're at it, www.braincellgirls.com.